At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Kyle Merber and I was really excited to have him on because I think he brings a great perspective to the entire sport of running. He is quite the character on Twitter and I think that's really where his personality shines. That's kind of where I first like knew of him, which he'd probably get mad at me for saying, but he was also a very good runner as you'll learn in this episode. He has run a 352 miles, so he recently retired and got a nine to five job and then also started a newsletter called The Lap Count, which is literally the only place I ever go get my information on the running world, like whatever's going on in the running world. I go to The Lap Count every Wednesday he releases a new newsletter in your inbox. It's completely free. So I highly recommend you guys go subscribe. Anyway, in this episode, we talk about life as nine to fivers and what life is like after competitive running. And I think we give two different perspectives, which is very interesting because I feel like a lot of the time you kind of hear the same story, but it's fun just to, you know, go back and forth on everyone's experiences after competitive running. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Stay tuned. Okay, we have some super awesome news. You know that it is the beginning of October, and that means that pumpkin spice season is upon us. Never wanted to miss out on a good trend. Craze Foods, my brand, yes, a little bit of self-promotion here, has just released their own pumpkin spice high-protein iced coffee. It's actually my favorite flavor yet, I will say. I love the chocolate mocha, but the pumpkin spice hits different, especially this time of year. And the product is the highest quality in the market. Replace your morning Starbucks run with our high protein iced coffee for a smooth start to the day. 21 grams of protein and real coffee. So you get about the same kick as from like an actual cup of coffee. It's something that I throw in with a scoop of almond milk right after my workout and I like eat a piece of fruit on the side. It's a perfect way to just get in really good protein after a workout. 88 calories, 21 grams of protein, and it just tastes so amazing. You get that little boost of caffeine too. There's literally nothing like it in the morning. Also, the product is 100% all natural. Most of the other options at the market are sweetened with like sucralose or other artificial flavors, but not us. We're sweetened with monk fruit and stevia with your pumpkin kick coming from cloves, allspice, cinnamon, ginger, and nutmeg. Not to mention it's 100% grass-fed whey isolate, which is the best protein you can get by the way, and real coffee. If you love that flavor, highly recommend the chocolate mocha as well because I absolutely love that one too, of course, and that is a fan favorite. It's available on Amazon right now if you just search Craze Foods, and I'll have it linked in the podcast description, but I highly recommend you go try the pumpkin spice. It's so good, and let me know what you guys think. Craze Foods, simple ingredients, and delicious products. Today's episode is also brought to you by Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by a leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. For a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash Emma. That is insidetracker.com slash Emma. Or you can click the link in the description because change is an inside job and it's time for you to get started. Now let's get straight into today's episode. Kyle, I'm excited to have you on. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about, so let's get Plenty. straight into it. 
do you want to just like tell us a little bit about yourself? Give, give us a little rundown of who you are and what you're about. Where do I even begin? Uh, sum up my entire life in 30 seconds. Uh, so I, I guess, ran track and field professionally after graduating for seven years and did okay with that. Um, so I guess I ran 352 for the mile and then didn't make the Olympics. And <laughs> during COVID, uh, decided to hang it up. And now I'm just, you know, a normal person who really likes track and is trying to promote it any way possible. I am so curious as to like what the last year of your life has been like, because I am also a retired runner. I also did not make it to the Olympics and I didn't even make it to the professional level. So you lasted longer than I did, but I'm intrigued about like your transition period from yeah. being like a full-time pro runner to now you have like a nine to five and you're still doing some like running little content stuff on the side. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk all about that. So, um, you know, the, the pandemic hit when I was in full swing of build up, thinking I was going for the trials in 2020. And I, my reaction was, I just didn't slow down. I didn't buy into it. I was like, no, the trials are still going to happen. I'm going to have to still train as hard as I can. And after like a couple months, I realized that that was not the case. That was not what was going to happen. Life was changing. And so initially my contract was ending and I had accepted the fact that I probably would have to get a job and work part-time and still like chase the dream running and do both. And then as I like continue to explore jobs and think about what I wanted to do, I realized that I didn't actually want to run anymore. It was kind of just this obligation of like, well, I have to go into like my third trials, but I didn't really like, I wasn't going to make the team. I knew it. I wasn't running well enough. And I just had kind of had enough. I was a little burnt out on competing at that point. And so like, as I'm applying for jobs, I, and I'm like thinking, how can I do both? Like I eventually gave up on that. I was like, no, like let's just work and then stop running professionally. Now that you have a job, do you like give a lot more credit to people that work full time and also run professionally? Because I mean, now that I have like the set nine to five, I don't know how people do it. I really don't. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> hot take i'm not, i think depending on what your job is it's just super doable okay what do you mean i could completely run professionally right now or like at a high level if i wanted really why yeah because How? the work from home makes it so easy yeah um, but it's just like t- it's tiring <laughs> it is tiring that i you know but i guess i'm i'm naturally an early riser like i wake up at six every day no matter what so theoretically I have at least two hours every day that if I wanted to in the mornings, I could go to the track and run. And maybe I wouldn't have the ability to, you know, meet up with as many people and do all of the little things. But, you know, if I wanted to go to the track and run a workout in the morning and then jog 30 minutes in the evening, I definitely could. Okay. Yeah. That is, I mean, that definitely makes sense. I just, I, for me, I'm not an early morning workout person. So the fact of like waking up in the fives and then having yeah. to like rip it on the track immediately and then like run back home and like get all, like you're all sweaty and then you have to like change your work clothes and then just work for eight hours and sit there like this typing on your computer. I yeah. just feel like it's just so different than, I don't know what I was doing in college. Like I just yeah. like I had so much more free time to like focus on running that I just wouldn't have in the day now. I think that having too much free time is not always a good thing and it's oh good well to be a i agree with busy. that too. that's why i got a job yeah well all right so i think then um a little bit of a hot take everyone made a very big deal about you know when you when you're done running like you know the nine to five it's so much like you're not prepared for it you've kind of just been sitting around like watching netflix and taking naps and running with your friends all day like it's a, a huge wake-up call and it's so much wrong i think anyone who <laughs> says that completely disrespects how hard professional runners lives are and how like much more stressful it is but like professional runners say that that it's what that it's hard or that it's easy no that it's easy to have too much free time that they don't do anything yeah but it's hard in a completely different way like the mental grind of working is so monotonous and you just wake up every day and you sit at your desk and you you know do your tasks whereas like running professionally 
it's a mental grind and it puts you through the ringer and you have to answer questions about like your self and life and existential crises constantly. And like, you're looking in the mirror and like, what am I worth? Like, what am I doing is like, it's just, it's a totally different struggle and the pressure and the stress. Whereas like your worst day at work just isn't very bad. Whereas like (laughs) my worst days running were terrible and everyone watched you fail. And do you think that's the job that you have? Like, do you think other people just have different jobs that maybe are maybe, yeah, I mean, something? I'm sure there's way more stressful desk jobs out there than what I'm doing. But um, I just think in general, people don't appreciate how hard the professional life running is because it's, it's very good in some ways. And then in others, like when it's not going well, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. And yeah. I just, for anyone who thinks like working a desk job is really hard, I like encourage you to spend like six months in a pool when you're like knowing that your pay is going to disappear on you really quickly and you're not allowed to do your job when every one of your like coworkers are showing up at the track and doing theirs. That is actually very true. I guess I haven't really thought about it that much, but that you definitely put it into a good perspective there. I would say mentally, definitely a lot bigger challenge and like professional runners you're not making that much money so it's not like you're this it's not like it's disposable income that goes away when you're injured it's actual like you need this income to be able to pay your rent or else you're not gonna be able to pay your rent so yeah i don't i don't know which direction you saw this conversation going but i have a million thoughts (laughs) any 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 direction so something that we don't talk about enough or like when you're a professional runner your income like you know you obviously have a base salary which if you're very fortunate is stable enough that you know you can always pay rent but also there's huge variables in how much you're going to make every single year and you never know what that next paycheck might be like if it's going to come i know for me you know and this is just coming from my perspective as someone who had dealt with injuries in their career, but like I went from having one year in which I made a ton of money extra because I won races and I hit bonuses to then the next, you know, most people, they make money one year in a normal job. They're like, all right, well, I'm going to make even more the next. Whereas I then got hurt. So obviously there's no bonuses or anything. And then I ended up having a huge surgery that cost $15,000 on top of that. And then you know, then you get cut a little bit more. And it's just like, so what you basically end up doing is just like, just trying to always save and live at like the absolute, like bare minimum, because you don't know, everything's unpredictable. Yeah. And I think a lot of that happened to people in COVID. Like I knew people that were making a ton of money in 2019. Obviously people were also making like, or expecting to make a lot of money in 2020 because it was the Olympics. There was a bunch of extra prize money going on and then all, with all that wiped away like their income got cut in half yeah and so yeah it just it's like literally crazy it's so stressful I can't and, imagine and then on top of that like the whole thing is you know it's your job and you know obviously like making money is a big part of it especially if you you know are up you know, married or have a family or mortgage, whatever the situation is, then that only obviously complicates things further. But then also is just like the thing you define your entire life by. And it's like the thing you enjoy the most and it's your hobby. And generally when I'm really stressed, it's like my favorite thing to do would be to go for a run. And, you know, if you ever want to get away from work, the way you would normally get away from work is just work. It's like a whole paradox there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I loved it. I, I, you know, it was, I think it's the best possible way you can spend your twenties, but I also am like very happy it's over. Yeah. Now you're like, I like stable income and not having that mental stress of having physical performance, like impact your income. And then also, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. And then, you know, like just cause you're not doing it professionally doesn't mean you don't get to run every day. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're still out there chucking and you're still good at running too. You you're training for the Under Armour mile too. I haven't yeah. seen your workouts. I haven't uh, you know, then that's kind of like the perspective that I think a lot of people lack and, you know, a football player, they retire. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, when am I going to get 50 guys to go to the field and play a football game again? 
whereas running, it's like, I just go for a run by myself every day. Were you burnt out at all though, when you left the sport? Like when you decided to retire? Physically? Yeah. Or just like, yeah, all of the above. No, physically, I was like, great. I, I was actually in, I think, some of the best shape that I've ever been. I was probably, I was the strongest I'd ever been during COVID. Um, but just mentally, like I lined up and I never dropped out of a track race in my career. And after COVID or like mid COVID, I dropped out of two because I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Was there a specific moment in time where you're like, I knew, like, I need to retire right now? Um, well, I'd always said 2020 would be when I retire. And so then the obviously COVID complicated that. And then there's just some workouts. And then I think really it was like showing up to a couple of races and just realizing I had no interest in racing anymore. And once you, I, I have had this discussion with a few guys who are on the empire elite teams, you know, local, still see them for runs and such. And some of the younger guys are like, look, you could still probably run professionally if you wanted. And it's like, yeah, but the, the problem is once you've run 352 in the mile, you don't want to run 355. Like, no, it's, it's the satisfaction cool. factor. It's like, you, yeah. you won't be satisfied until you're at like your best. That's what I find hardest now is like, I don't, I can't imagine like trying as hard as I once did. I mean, granted, I am still pretty young, so who knows down the road, but like, I just can't imagine putting that much effort into it. And then what if I run slower, you know, because my lifestyle is so different. Yeah. I I mean, and if you're just asking those questions, then you're probably not going to run as well as. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's why I haven't really like tried. That's why I'm not throwing myself into it. I just think it evolves. Yeah. Right. Like your relationship with running consistently evolves as you get older and you'll come you'll ebb and flow in and out of it like I still have this idea in my head that maybe I'll try to run a marathon and like qualify for the trials or something right now I have no urge to do that at all but I like definitely understand that that's a possibility of like the bug might come back have you run a marathon yet or no I did I just like did the New York City virtual last year um, just with some friends, I think I ran like three eighteen with them. I don't know. Okay. We did hey, like you did it, you did it. But I did a marathon. Um, but it, my body was still beat for a couple of days after, even though you know it was not an all-out effort. Yeah. But I have this idea in my head that um, maybe after I finish this all-out mile, that I'll go do. I think a fun thing would just say like, all right, let's say. I'm just going to leave the house and I'm not going to look at my watch until I think I've run a marathon. Oh. And so like, maybe I stop do that at, and it'd be like, you're yeah. 11 miles in. I'd be like, seriously. Yeah. Like you're not allowed to look at pace or anything and you got to go a different route than you normally do. And maybe you run 18 miles, maybe you run like 33 by accident and just see where you end up. That's this it. Is like, if any person that doesn't run heard this conversation, they would actually think that you're, I think I I mean we all who who does that for fun who's like let me just go see like let me just go guesstimate a marathon right now do you think you'd be able to get close um I mean I ran Chicago back in 2019 and it was like very steady so I feel like I had a very I was like very in tune with my body if I was like training yeah right now absolutely not like I literally ran like almost five miles today and I was dying so I can't even imagine like getting to, I don't even know what getting to 26 would feel like at this moment, Yeah. but if I was training, I think I would get like within two miles, maybe three. Okay. Yeah. It'd be fun to try to do not only the distance, but the time. So it's like, pick the time that you think you have to run for. Yeah. I don't know. This I like that. I, I like that. Maybe I'll try that. Um, yeah. it's like your marathon thing. I'll put it in the back. Yeah. The it's, back, the- it's on the back burner for now, but it seems fun one day. Yeah. <laughs> one day if you get bored. Well, I don't, the thing so you wake up every day and it's like, how do you decide how far to run now? That's another problem. Like that is, that is, it's very hard. There's no training plan, no mileage goals, no goals at all. I know. But like, see, this is, this is my like paradox. It's like, I really like that structure. I like knowing like what exactly I need to do on the day so that I don't think about it. And I like someone telling me what to do. But then also having a plan stresses me out because I don't think I'm like healed enough from 
competitive running to like yeah. be able to train for something like day after day after day. So that's like where that's where I'm like trying to figure things out right now. It's like, do I have the plan or does the plan add more stress to my life that's unnecessary? I don't know. I kind of like as I've been doing the all out mile um, training, this idea of like, all right, I'm going to get a workout at some point in the next few days. And then the day that I wake up and the weather is perfect and I feel good, that's the day to go do it. And then those other days when I'm just like sitting on the couch in the morning, drinking coffee and like enjoying my book, that's the day I'm only going to run four miles because <laughs> I'm very content on the couch and I don't want to like, like get I don't want to rip my legs right now. Yeah. So, you know, like the small factors, I, a week ago I woke up on Sunday morning and I could just with the window open it just smelled like cross-country outside so I was like okay like we're driving up to like the good trails and we're gonna go for a little long run and it's like okay things just are made up now small little factors do you like that do you like the freedom to do that yeah but it's also um I really like it when there's other people involved and Mm -hmm. you kind of just like well what are you doing like I'll like I'll join that. Whereas if you have to do it every day by yourself, it gets a little numbing. Like, I don't know what, how many options you have where you live, but where I, I basically, if I run from my house, I can either go left on the trail or right from the trail. And it's just like, is this my life for the like, <laughs> forever? I'm just going to wake up in the morning and decide if it's a left day or a right day. Spice things up every every once in a while and go left. I think I got to get off the trail every now and then. Yeah, maybe you got to, well, you just drove somewhere for a workout. So you're spicing it up. A quick word from our sponsor, Green Chef. You guys know I love Green Chef. You probably already know what it is because I talk about it so much and how much I love it. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. They make eating well, easy and affordable with plans for every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or you're just looking to eat healthier like me, there's a range of recipes to suit any kind of diet or preference. Green Chef's expert chefs curate every single recipe and with over 30 meal choices every week and the flexibility to switch between plans, you'll never have to sacrifice taste for nutrition. You can enjoy restaurant quality dishes in the comfort of your own home. And when they say restaurant quality, they mean it. Green Chef is absolutely fire. I love every single recipe that I've ever made from them and it's super easy and they literally take less than 30 minutes, which is very applicable to this episode because I am so busy these days, whether it's like recording this podcast, doing my full nine to five, working out or like doing other aspects of like the social media stuff or working on crazy food stuff. Having that 30 minute dinner is absolutely incredible. Like Green Chef's meals are so straightforward, but they're so flavorful. And I cannot believe that it literally only takes 30 minutes to cook. Literally, if you haven't tried Green Chef yet, you have to go do it because you will not regret it. It's literally one of my favorite things that I incorporate into my weekly routine. If you guys are interested, go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew100 and use code coldbrew100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That is greenchef.com slash coldbrew100 and use code coldbrew100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Now let's get back into the episode. What do you yeah. think that, so you started at 426. Yeah, I think but I definitely, your... I dogged it for me. Okay, honest. okay. Yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't, but what do you think now that you can run and when are you going to do it? Are you going to do it October 11th or are you doing it like tomorrow? I think I'm going to wait till October 11th. I have like one or two more workouts I'd really like to do because I, I haven't, I've just been doing the workouts I like doing, not necessarily. Yeah, I was like, how are you coming up with workouts? I just show up to the track and it's like, what do I enjoy? Um, I don't enjoy mile training that much anymore, but I know that I I need to go rip a couple mile workouts. And I think I can, in like, I would say I'm going to be in 405 shape. That is so wild to me. I don't know if I'll run 405. We'll see. But I think I'll be around, throw me on like the, BU track and I think I would have a 405. The fact that you're just casually training and you can still run 405 is just it's mesmerizing. It's cool. Well, it's, yeah. We're I'm not that far removed though. And I've run I haven't taken a day off from exercising since like since I retired. I'll either run or bike every day. Whoa. Okay, yeah, I have seen you biking a lot. That's cool. Yeah. Do you like that? Do you like just like the switch up from running? Yeah. I don't I know you bike a lot and I think that's a very natural progression for all runners to eventually figure it out but i feel this way with running too 
like I don't like I really like going for runs by myself or bike rides by myself but after about like 60 minutes alone it's just like I don't need any more alone time so happy yeah. to go for long bike rides with people but by myself like 20 miles is generally 20 to 30 miles alone is enough once or twice I, I agree with that I think especially coming from running when you're like done after 90 minutes you know it's the long run it's like you well you don't want to spend three hours on a bike because it just takes up a lot of your day yeah and even though I guess it's not as like hard on the body but it just doesn't it's just long it just gets really boring <laughs> well the other thing like running I'm okay with doing the same route all the time but biking you have to explore really I just bike up up and down the coast okay that's pretty nice just a straight line yeah i find with biking i get a little bit more itch of like finding new spots yeah whereas running i just go left or right yeah that makes sense yeah i mean cycling is cycling is interesting because i feel like the people are very similar but then they're also very different like do you have cyclist friends or are they just people that are i do have some um cyclist friends but not like die hard racing cyclist friends more like people who've found it yeah i just bike with a group of guys and they just have like the equipment is so expensive they have like five thousand dollar bikes and they just like talk about all these like things that i have no idea what they're talking about i'm like this is just so it's like so similar because it's endurance but it's just so different because it's just different yeah sport. it kind of gives you an appreciation for running in the sense yeah, I'm like, that i like i like it being simple i like the simple things in life runners are so cheap too like i think it's because we all got free stuff in college so like the idea of ever buying a pair of shoes is like terrifying to most of us or like you know if if you had like three pairs of shorts and they're all ripped and falling apart like the idea that you would go buy another pair of shorts it's just like why i would just keep wearing the ripped one with holes um and so like very different mindset from cyclists who see someone else like beat them up a hill and it's like well i guess i gotta get a new ten thousand dollar (laughs) bike yeah that's actually so true have you had to buy a pair of running shoes yet or no no i uh (laughs) i hope i I mean i do have a closet full of um them still i was stacking up from when i was uh sponsored and then also like just i've done enough uh in the sport still networking yeah i still have a lot of friends who are sponsored or at companies and um just have been able to still stay affiliated through other means with a lot of the brands out there it's been really fun being a little bit of a free agent yeah i'm surprised that you didn't go into like a running career yeah you are like you're a big figure in running so when it, when you said that you're getting like a normal job what is your job by the way yeah. So I work for American Express. I do marketing and partnerships. And so, and I love it. Like it's, it's great. And I really like doing something totally separate from the sport. I think it made the transition a lot easier to, instead of, you know, on the track to holding the stopwatch, like that would be, I think mentally a little bit more difficult. Um, it, it was my job for so long. And so it's really nice to have it as a hobby now. And that was mm-hmm. the goal. And um, so I like having the separation. And then also I think, cause I did initially explore, you know, jobs in the running world, but two things, it was like a pandemic. And the other was that shockingly people, even at running companies and like fitness companies don't really respect the experience of like what professional athletes bring to the table. Really? Yeah. They don't I feel like care. the running world is so small that it's like, and and you, I feel like you have just been a figure for so long that you would expect someone to be like, hey, come work. Yeah. Here. The people hiring are different than the people then. Like, you know, trying to convince like someone uh, who isn't necessarily in that world, like they want to see the hard skills. And so, um, yeah, they're just the, the combination of the two. And so um i i'm really happy to be working in a capacity in which i also still get to dip like i have a good enough work-life balance and because i'm not working for you know a specific brand i actually get to do a ton more yeah i'm i'm curious with the lap count why did you start that i feel like just a running newsletter i don't know anything about newsletters yeah so I was, um, I was very intrigued and I don't subscribe to any except for yours. So thank you. <laughs> well, 
I appreciate that. Yeah. So um, the lap count started basically like as soon as I started my job because I wanted a way to still for, for years, I like to think I worked to cultivate some level of a voice and following in the sport that I think is for the most part, a positive one. And I see a lot of opportunity to further amplify the stories and the voices in our sport of like the athletes specifically. And, um, I, I have this, you know, mantra that like, you should leave the sport better than you found it as like a boy scout would. And I just saw the opportunity to give another platform to athletes and storytelling. I think that, uh, one of the most difficult aspects of our sport is that you don't know where to find things like what's happening. And if you're not in it, if you're not like fully in the sport, there's so much going on and it's not like a concise season of like, you know, game one, game two, game three. It's just like, things are happening all the time. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be an aggregator in a way. So, you know, for people who like this sport, but don't know where to begin to follow it, it's like, well, here's a newsletter in your inbox every Wednesday that tells you everything that happened and everything that's going to happen. Where's your favorite place to get running news? (laughs) Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. I think Twitter is like brilliant for it. If you follow the right people. Random people like talking about stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, running Twitter is like a really funny world in which I feel like there's 50 people just kind of yelling at each other all the time. <laughs> so funny. I love it. I'm just uh, eating my popcorn. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the wild west out there. Just everyone taking turns, getting mad at each other, but also at the same time sharing. And, uh, there is, a, I think like, if you have like a niche hobby, I think Twitter is like the ultimate news source. That is so funny. I remember, you're not going to remember this probably. I remember, the first time I think I ever met you in person, it, we didn't even meet. It was at um, USA's in 2019. We were at uh, the Tipsy Crow or wherever that bar was in Des Moines. Yeah. And you and Pat Casey were standing next to each other. And I walked up to you guys and I was like, oh my gosh, like I love, or like you guys are my favorite like Twitter people. And then you guys like both looked at each other and you're like, wow, like that's all we get credit for is like being funny on Twitter or like, I don't know. It was just, but then it just like solidified the funniness. Yeah, of you got yeah. of your like Twitter. Like when I think of running Twitter, I think of you and Pat Casey. And then and then there's like other people talking about like, I don't know, other training stuff or whatever. But then you and Pat Casey are like the personalities. Thanks. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. Um, I think uh I, I think that enough there aren't enough athletes who are properly utilizing Twitter because it, it really is like such a cool way to connect with fans directly and I feel like there's way less pressure on throwing out a tweet than there is an Instagram. Like people really put their efforts into an Instagram, whereas like Twitter, you can just fire from the hip. Like, yeah, but you, you have to be like funny. You just like have to your be... tweets are so clever. Every time I see one of your tweets, it's funny. And I'm like, I see for someone that I do social media, but Twitter, I'm just, I can't be clever that much. Just whenever you say something funny in real life and someone laughs, just put it in words. <laughs> just add it to the drafts and yeah. start firing them off. It's more or less how it goes. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, but it, it, I guess, you know, you see it from the like the lab count. Like I like writing. And so um I guess Twitter is one medium for that. Yeah. Where do you sell, where do you see yourself like taking the lap count? Do you want to keep it as a newsletter or do you want to expand? Yeah. Um, I, I keep telling Chris Chavez that Sidious should buy me, but, uh, <laughs> I don't think he has the funds yet. Um, I, uh, Ooh, I really, expensive. okay. Yeah. <laughs> or poor, uh, <laughs> one, one or the other. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now it's so as far as like and you're I guess I hate this term but like you're a creator and something that I think a lot of creators struggle with is the sustainability of doing stuff like people come out of the gates really hot it's like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do a video every single day and it's like by day eight you're out of ideas (laughs) yeah and um I think the once a week format that is the lab count right now is just I can do that for a very long time. And there's enough, there's like the perfect amount of content every week to digest and 
write about and put out there. And so for right now, I'm just really happy with the newsletter. I just hope uh, it continues to grow. And because I think to the subscribers and the readers that I have, I, I can almost guarantee you that they are much better educated about the sport now than they were 30 weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, I know I am because I, I don't go on Twitter that much and I don't read any running news websites. So yeah. <laughs> the only way I get my news sources from, or my news is from my group text and that's yeah. not very helpful. So. so that's, that's where I can come in and it's, um, you know, and then also in a, a, another part of the newsletter and it was an idea I had and I was really, I knew it would be a lot of work and I didn't want to take it on, but I really wanted to do it. And so I outsourced it to Mac fleet. Okay. A friend. And so um, we do a second newsletter on Friday called the victory lap. And what that is, is it's like our premium newsletter and it's an athlete interview every week. And it's just like an opportunity to highlight professional runners, like who's got a cool story. Um, and then it's paid like, you know, it's five bucks a month or $40 for the year to subscribe, but all of the proceeds go to the, those athletes. Yeah. So, um, at this point we've raised like over $12,000 to just give back to athletes. So that's something I'm really proud of. I think it's like making a small little dent in the greater funding issue. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is like. And I think it, you just have such a good perspective, like being a professional athlete yourself. So I think you being able to do that for other athletes, like they probably really appreciate that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people love the format of just getting a written interview of someone. Like I, I listen to podcasts, but not everyone has time to listen to an hour podcast. But um, most people have five minutes to read about someone's story. And so just amplifying those stories is cool i don't know i i grew up reading the interviews of like there's some old websites like there's one called track shark which maybe before your time but that was like <laughs> not i'm not familiar they just they would just highlight an athlete each week and just crush an interview and it was you know appointment internet what i also think that people like nowadays is like the younger voices that are coming to track and field like the, it's just a fresher take and i think people really saw that with yours and chris's commentary over the last year yeah because, like oh the austin meet the trials of miles austin meet like the feedback that you guys got from that was incredible yeah and, i see yeah. i don't even i don't even like doing commentary yeah i was gonna honest. ask you about that like what did you what was like your favorite part and what was something that you found like, challenging about actually like live commentating a race yeah it's really difficult to do it's difficult to speak for many hours um and then it's really difficult when races aren't exciting <laughs> you know <laughs> like if a race isn't exciting and you have to talk about it for 15 20 minutes whatever it's like that's really difficult um especially you know a one-off invitational that doesn't have huge stakes necessarily but the thing i did like is like we know the athletes and we know the stories and so there's an opportunity there to just like connect the fans with the athletes. Like we're the middlemen. We know the stories, like here they are. And so um, that part I love because I, if you, if you know why someone is worth rooting for, then you'll root for them and you just have to, you know, make that apparent to everyone. Yeah. And I feel like, well, just social media isn't very big in the running world. So it's like, people don't know anything about anyone really, unless the athlete actually like puts in the effort to do something, which is a lot of effort on top of training. So I don't, I mean, I don't blame them for not wanting to do that, but yeah, I I think it's just cool to be able to like, I mean, what you're doing with the lap count and then also just being able to like showcase people's personalities or just like something behind the person racing, like you did with uh, Eric Holt. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that just, Holt mania like that just became a whole thing because of you guys so but then you'll root for it right yeah exactly uh, and everyone was rooting for him I just it, it is not everyone is built in such a way like it's easy for you know you to be in front of the camera and just talk and like you have no problem putting yourself out there but for so many people that's not their personality mm-hmm. and so you have to really put themselves you have to like force some people into the position where it's like please like I know you have a story like share it but not everyone's willing to and so I almost wish that 
more elite athletes had someone managing their social media or at least like consulting or advising or something yeah and just like pay a little bit and all of a sudden like you'll have the opportunity like the opportunity that these people can have if they have someone like I mean not that you need to like do the whole 10 man elite thing where you have a whole team like filming and photographing you every day but just having someone like manage your social media just consistency and you can have, there's just so many opportunities that can be presented. Yeah. But it's, just, but it's hard to also convince someone of that, like to spend the money that's already very minimal to like do that. Because a lot of the time you're not seeing like the direct, I guess, gains from it. Yeah. yeah. We're also in like this very in-between spot in the sport where it's like very ambiguous whether or not the social media really matters in terms of money yet. Um, yeah you know, it's like, is it performance or social media is, you know, that's the debate. And it <laughs> depends. It depends who you ask though. Um, there is definitely opportunities if you do have a good enough following to make more money and it sucks, but like, that's what motivates people is the money. Yeah. And like, I'm not even talking about in terms of like brand negotiation perspective, like you're looking for a big contract or something. I mean, obviously that plays into it, but I'm talking about like, someone like the athlete special who didn't like, wouldn't get a contract out of college like is now able to sustain himself probably better than a lot of like actual professional runners are because he has his own social media platform. Like that's what I kind of like want to get across to a lot of people. But again, like you said, it's hard for like, I'm not expecting everyone to want to pick up the camera and start filming. So I'll be like, what's up everyone. Welcome to my YouTube channel. You know, it's like, yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's, that's also like the top 1% in a way of like, not everyone's going to be able to do that. But even if you just like, even if you're just telling people how your training is going and how your races are and when you're racing as like a bare minimum, then like there's enough people who are interested in that, that um, at the very least, like, you know, you'll, you'll pick up enough uh, small appearance fees for having like a, a extra few thousand Instagram followers yeah. that maybe it pays for itself, but it's if again if it's not your personality, it's really tough to convince people to do it. Yeah, I worked for a track agent, and basically that's what I was trying to do is convince people to like put effort into their social media. And these people are also a little bit older, um, mm-hmm. so they weren't like really that familiar with social media, and it was impossible. <laughs> yeah, well, also agents. It's kind of shocking that agents don't help more with that side of things or brands. Like it's really just up to the individual if this is going to be something you want to do. Yeah. It's very interesting, but it is changing a lot. So we'll see maybe things will become different. I don't know. Do you ever do you ever look back on things that you posted in the past and just think like, I can't believe <laughs> like why would I post that video? I mean, honestly, no, because I feel like I've just always been an open book. Okay. So I I don't really have any regrets of anything I've posted. I mean, I definitely I overshare, which is like something that I need to learn how to not do. Like I just need to kind of shut my mouth sometimes and like uh-huh. keep myself and like keep things parts of my life private. But I'm like the opposite of a lot of people. I'm just like anyone can know anything about me, you know? Yeah. So I think I just overshare things. And then I also overcommit to everything. So like that on the internet is really bad because then I promise people things that I can't deliver because I like what you're doing with the lap count and you're just committing to that every week and you're not like getting ahead in like, or ahead of yourself in terms of like content and everything. I'm so bad at that. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like I'm going to do this with the podcast. I'm going to do this with the YouTube and I have a full-time job now. Like I'm just going to do all this. And then I tell everyone on the internet and then I'm like, oh wait, now that I'm actually like trying to do it all. It's not going to happen. So yeah. yeah, those are things I regret like oversharing and I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah. It's generally easier to like tell people once you've already done things versus like what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, I don't know if you're really enthusiastic about something, you, you don't think that far in advance. You just like want to do it. And I don't know. It's not a bad thing. And then you'll see what sticks. And I mean, you're really consistent on this podcast and the YouTube videos, right? Like, yeah, so oh, YouTube, you figured honestly, it out. not really, but like, uh, I mean, I still, I, I haven't been away for like months from YouTube, but yeah, the podcast, I haven't missed an episode. So yeah, 
And that's something I knew was like really important. Like YouTube, it's like, it's good to get on a schedule, but you don't like need to, but the podcast, you like need to have a schedule. So. Yeah. Is it um, like, I think that for the newsletter is really important. It's like every Wednesday at six 30, it's going to yeah. be there. Like yeah. it's, the same, it's the same type yeah. of thing. And now like it's gotten so much to the podcast. Like I used to sometimes like record on Thursdays and then post the same day. And I was like, okay, no. I need to like schedule a little bit in advance. And then now I'm trying to post like every Thursday at 6 a.m. Um, Pacific time. So that like, I mean, not that everyone's going to like open their phones and be like, like yeah. listen to this hour long thing at six in the morning, but at least like it holds me accountable. I think now. Well, how many podcasts do you personally listen to? Um, one, one a week, maybe. <laughs> I'm not really a big podcast listener. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I don't really listen to any running podcasts. Um, it's just like, honestly, when I like am in the podcast mood, I do it, but it's very rare. Why do you think people listen to your podcast? I don't know. I don't know why people even follow me <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, no, I think like, I think people just like open conversation. I don't know. I have, like, this is a running podcast. It's not really how I wanted it to start, like, but then I also just solidify, solidify myself in it because I don't go out of my circle and my circle is runners. So all the guests I have on are runners. So now it is a running podcast. Um, but I think people just like different type of like podcast recording where it's just like a conversation and the people that I have on usually like I know them really well. So it like really, you can really get to know their personality because it's yeah. just different than like, oh, you ran this diamond league race. Like, tell me about it. Like, maybe it's just, I don't know. It's just like a little bit different, more insight into the, who the person actually is yeah um i think uh as we're just i have listened to you know a few episodes of yours i don't want to listen every week that's no fine. That's um, fine. but I, I listened i've listened to a few and um also obviously just talking now i think the thing that you do really well is it's a two-way conversation versus question answer question answer and i think that's something that a lot of people fall into the trap of like you ask the question and then you don't listen yeah or not you but others like and um I don't like Joe Rogan especially anymore um I think he dropped the ball this year big time um but that would early Joe Rogan that's what he was really good at was just the two-way conversation yeah, I think it makes it easier because I do know the other person. Like if I, the times I bring on people I don't know as well, it's definitely like, it gets a little bit more uncomfortable in that like, this person has no idea who I am. Like, why am I even replying to their, <laughs> their answer, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just an interesting dynamic. Like I can see why people are that. Like, it's kind of like a one-sided conversation because if you don't know the other person, it's really awkward and yeah. like, they don't really care about <laughs> your side of the story. But that's what I think, like, that's why I like my inner circle, because it just makes it really easy and flows a lot better. I also think that you speak at a pretty quick cadence. And I know personally, when people talk too slow in podcasts, I hate it. <laughs> really? Okay, maybe that's it. I just talk really fast. I think it's good, though. You, you know, you want the quick back and forth. And then also, no one should ever speak for like five minutes interrupted on podcasts. I think that's terrible. <laughs> I, I agree. That's why... I, if people are going on too long, I like interrupt. It's kind of awkward. I've, I've gotten better, honestly, at letting people speak. At the beginning, I feel like I interrupted too much. But now I feel like I have like a better rhythm of interrupting people when they've gone on for too long. Or they're like well, going on a tangent. I'm like, okay, let's yeah. bring it back. <laughs> um, would you be a talker on runs as well? Or yeah, I mean, just keep it for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm this is only this is only for my podcast. I actually don't talk in person. No, I I think I was a talker on runs. Like I'm always the person that's like making a joke or some self-deprecating jokes. I don't know. Yeah. But also like it, when I think back to college, I feel like I was always in the back because everyone was like sprinting. So wasn't really talking much. But normally, yeah, I'm like a talker. I like to talk to people. Yeah. Some people don't talk when they run. And I think like the perfect amount of people to go on a run for a talk is, or sorry, per perfect like group size is four people on a run. And that's when the conversation is the best. And if you get too big or any bigger than that, then it really falls off. Yeah. A four. Okay. I was thinking three. Cause then you have like, you got yeah. the person to the side of you and then you have the person in the back that's like, hmm, like, let me get in on this conversation. Yeah, and yeah. Like adding their little input Four. it's like, you could have two people in the front having the conversation. 
the two people in the back could be having the conversation. Maybe. Yeah, okay. I hear Unless that. Unless you're weird and then you're running four wide and then no one can hear each other. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'll maybe buy into three. Yeah. I think, I think a silent fourth who just comes in every now and then. <laughs> adds to something. Yeah. Flavor to the conversation. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I'm going to have to put that to the test here soon. I'll get back yeah. to you on that. <laughs> I haven't run with that many people in forever. Yeah. I'm like thinking back to the last time I ran with three other people. I'm like, it's been too long. I can't keep up anymore. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> before this podcast gets too long, I want to answer some listener questions that we got because oh, you know cool. people came, came flooding in. Did we? Um, we got, we got a decent amount. Um, we're not gonna go through all of them, but we'll okay. have, we'll have some. We've got embarrassing if no one did. Yeah, yeah, zero people actually. I had to make you that myself. Um, who is your favorite athlete named David Rivich? Oh my god, it would have to be Josh Kerr. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> actually, what I was thinking that you were gonna say. So good answer. Um, what do you think this sport needs more of? What does this sport need more of? Um, I think it's gotta be. I think it's got to be both simpler and more complicated. So I think like it's got to be easier to follow, but then also I think when it's happening, we have to make it more complicated and we have to like lean into the nicheness of it rather than trying to dumb it down. Okay. Yeah. I like I like that answer. You and money. We need more money. Yeah. We definitely need more money yeah. in this board. That would probably make things a little easier. Um, what's your favorite thing about the elite running world? Um, I think just like the fact that everyone is just a pretty normal person and like friends. Um, I think like having been in it, you just meet a lot of really cool people. I mean, some people, you know, (laughs) some people suck, not suck, but some, I mean, some people are there just to run and, you know, but there is definitely like a group of people who you, you make lifelong friendships with. And um, it's, I think most elite athletes are just normal people who ended up being good at something. They're not any different. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. I also just like how small it is. Everyone knows everything, which is like good and bad, but yeah. it just makes for like a nice little like community and everyone knows what's going on at all times. It's kind of fun to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um okay what is the best bagel place to get an egg sandwich in long island i mean like bagel boss um maybe i i yeah you know i've probably had more uh egg sandwiches here in westchester now um hastings own bagel right down the street from me pretty great do you think like new york bagels are the best bagels around uh i do yeah i do I'm, i don't I'm really get what makes them that different like they're just like fluffier or they say the water um i think uh honestly it's the freshness i think is a big factor like we are constantly churning out bagels because the demand is so high so you can walk into like any bagel shop on any morning and you'll you'll get something that came out of the oven like within 15 minutes that that definitely makes sense. When I was in New York, I had more bagels like within those couple months than I had in like the last probably 10 years combined. Yeah. Also egg bagels. Like, yeah, it was like it was egg sandwiches, bacon egg. No, 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 no. Egg bagels. Egg bagels. See Didn't you try don't... one of those. Okay, so that's the thing, is like for some reason outside like the New York area, no one gets egg bagels. And I think that's the best flavor. Do they taste like egg? They're just like a sweeter, like kind of buttery it's like a yellow tinted plain bagel but if you can get if you ever see the everything egg bagel that's what you want okay next time i make my way back there i'm gonna get that i'm yeah, gonna yeah. Go to the test i don't know why it hasn't like made it to other sides of the country but the egg bagel i don't know because an egg flavored bagel doesn't sound very good but then yeah. you put eggs on like a regular bagel and it sounds fine so yeah. just combine the both that i mean it makes sense logically we'll see We'll see when it makes. I'll let you know when it hits San Diego, but it has not yet. So someone's gonna like DM and let let you know what's up. Yeah, they're gonna be like, actually, my shop has sold egg bagels for ten years. Or yeah, that you'll have to try it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, say less. All right, the last question I have: 
Do you have any advice to your younger self? Ooh, advice. How young? Um, However young you'd like. Advice to my younger self. Uh, I wish I would have traveled even more when I was running. And I, I like did a good bit. I traveled around. I raced in many countries. I wish I did it even more. Um, I, I almost wish that was a priority at times because it's just the best possible way to see the world. And there is some opportunities I had in which it's like, no, I'm tired. I'm going to go home and train for a little, or no, it doesn't make sense in the season. It's like, man, why did I not go to that race in Sweden? I've never been to Sweden. Like I'd like to go. And I could have, and I chose not to. So like things like that. Where was your favorite place to go? Um, I did a race in Japan and I thought it was like the coolest. They took such amazing care of us and like really, uh, you know, they, they really brought us in and showed us the culture. And, you know, I think that was one of the best experiences I've ever had. Japan, that Carissa came back from Tokyo and she said the same thing, basically like the Japanese people were just so amazing, but yeah. she, they didn't like get to see actual Japan, which kind of sucks, but yeah. So I raced a phenomenal event. I raced in Isimo, which is like not a touristy place very you wouldn't see many americans walking around and uh like that was a huge culture shock in the best way yeah i mean that's it's cool at least you got to do it for a little bit you can always go back to sweden if you'd like yeah yeah but now you'll have to like pay for it yeah that is (laughs) (laughs) that is the bummer about it um okay well Thank you for coming on. This was very insightful. I really like talking to people that have retired from running just to get their like little input. I feel like I don't really know how many people that have been on that have been retired. A lot of them are still current. Yeah. And... Well, I hope your listeners don't get any ideas. Um, definitely <laughs> no, no, no. See, like it needs to balance out. There's so many people that are still running, but then there's people like me who graduated from college and they're not running anymore. So it's always nice to get a different perspective. And obviously you had a great experience running pro too. Yeah. I, I think you can stop competing, but you should never stop running. And um, I'm a big believer in that. And I, th- I think you take a long break and you got to really work to get back, but if you never stop, you know, you can stay in decent shape. Yeah, I uh, took the long break and now I'm like, ooh. You regret it probably. I regret it. I'm like, you could have done a few extra 30 minute runs in there and probably feel a lot better. Yep, probably, but we're on the journey back and we'll get there eventually. Um, Well, where can people follow you at? Where can they subscribe to the lap count? Yeah, I mean, um, thelapcount.com in your inbox every Wednesday morning. And then. I mean, that's the only thing I actually care about. You follow me on Twitter and Instagram, but that doesn't matter to me. Just the <laughs> newsletter. Okay, sounds good. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming on. To close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Combs Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. It was fun talking to Kyle. I honestly feel like we had some differing opinions on life after competitive running. So it's always so fun to hear people's different perspectives of life after, I guess, sport. And it was really fun to talk to him. Don't forget to subscribe to the lap count. Seriously, it's it's literally the only news I ever read about running is when it, that thing comes to my mailbox every Wednesday. So go check it out. I'll leave a link in the description or just go to thelapcount.com and you can go subscribe there. It's free. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcast if you love the show. It really helps me out a lot. And follow us on Instagram at pod if you want to be up to date or submit listener questions. Appreciate you guys so much and I will hear from you all in the next one. Peace out, fellas. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.